0: Hello there, and welcome to episode 17 of Musical Connections. I'm your host, Zach Snow, and we got another great episode lined up for you this week. We're going to be speaking to Nancy Dawn and Timothy Steves. They're best known to us listeners as Duo Concertante. We're going to talk to them about their East Coast Music Award nomination for Classical Album of the Year, and uh, pay attention to this interview because I think I say classical composition a couple of times, which is uh, pretty embarrassing but it's a great conversation and that'll be happening right after this week's Newfound Releases and we are going to start with legends of the Newfoundland and Labrador traditional folk music genre that being The Navigators. They released their first full-length album in 12 years titled Babel's Cove and by the time this episode drops they will have finished the first leg of their Newfoundland tour and they're going to be doing some shows in Ontario before making stops here in Newfoundland beginning on April 13th and uh, they'll be running here until May 5th, when uh, it wraps up at the Bella Vista in St. John's. I guess that's what they call traveling through to 709. Speaking of the 709, here is Living in the 709 from The Navigator's brand new album, Babel's Cove, on newfound releases as part of the Musical Connections podcast. Living in the
1: 709, where everything is out nowhere by the light of the cave you can make an escape, living in the 709, this place got a long history, working hard by the land of the sea, with many lost souls through the age they go, but no place we rather would be, living in the 709. In every town. Leave your pretense behind, come along for a ride. Someone to show you around. with these hand Living in the 709. Everything is on Newfoundland time. By the light of the Cape, you can make an escape. Living in the 709. Living in the 709. Everything is on Newfoundland time. By the light of the Cape, you can make an escape. Living in the 709.
0: track there from the navigator's brand new album *Babel's cove living in the 709 and we're gonna go now to singer songwriter out in conception bay north jamie taylor here's his new tune oh blue sea on newfound releases as part of the musical connections podcast
2: A storm came out of nowhere When the wind capsized his ship, he stared The last request went through his mind Of the woman he would leave behind Hello, 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 hello out there Don't take my life, don't you dare Tired, don't take my breath for me Got a family home waiting on me Oh, Lucy can see you from here Sending my love over the waves with a prayer Throw out my net to catch you, my love Only on the wings of a dove Low, 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 I can see you here my dreams I can share Don't let me be away Let me be with you again Oh Lucy of what you took from me I could fill your shores with the tears I weep I try to find you in the shadow of deep only in my dreams I get relief Low, 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 I come for you you and the ocean of blue Now that we could find new grass I go under as the water crests Now forever we will be Oh blue sea come for me See, come for me, oh, 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 Blue
0: Sea. Jamie Taylor for you on Newfound Releases. That is Oh Blue Sea, and this next song from Barry Fitzpatrick, which is our next Newfound release, talks about a common expression up his way, and of course he uh, resides in Conception Bay South. I would imagine they use this uh, expression around the bay as well. Some whiff. Here's that tune for you right now from Barry Fitzpatrick on new family Releases as part of the Musical Connections podcast. Walking on a
3: beach all full of seaweed. Some whiff. Dried up old cable and a low tide. Some whiff. heat from the sun thickens the hum. You hold your breath in the salt wind. There's nothing quite like a stroll on a beach some whiff. Oh, a whiff. oh, what a whiff. Oh, what a whiff. Oh, what a whiff. Oh, what a whiff. It waters your eyes and makes you cry. You brush away the flies as you run. It's a nice summer's day on a sandy old beach. Some whiff. The beauty in the sand drowns out the smell. Some whiff. Is some friggin' good collecting driftwood? Some whiff. The heat from the sun thickens the hum. You hold your breath in a saw wind. Nothing quite like a stroll on a beach, some whiff Oh, what a whiff Oh, what a whiff Oh, what a whiff Oh, what a whiff whiff. It waters your eyes and makes you cry You brush away the flies as you run It's a nice Nice summer's day on the sandy old beach, some whiff in your sandals all full of sunburn, some whiff Seen so far to get to the car, some whiff The heat from the sun thickens the hum You hold your breath in the salt wind There's nothing quite like a stroll on a beach, some whiff what a whiff, oh what a whiff, oh what a whiff, oh what a whiff, it waters your eyes and makes you cry, you brush away the flies as you run, Some nice it's a summer's day on sand, the sand, there'll be some whiff, oh what a whiff. It waters your eyes and makes you cry. Brush away the flies as you run. It's a nice summer's day on a sandy old beach some with. There's nothing quite like a stroll on a beach some with. Digging up mussels on a sandy old beach some with.
0: It's a nice summer's day, I'm a sandy old Some whiff. Hmm, I think I smell a whiff coming from the kitchen. Some whiff, huh? Barry Fitzpatrick for you on Newfound Releases. And we're going to go to Labrador-based electronic artist, but he also plays in a band called DT Sturgeon. Stuart Galant, he's known by a side project name Stern. He released an EP uh, just last week, and here's one of his tracks. This is Return to the Mountain on New Found Releases as part of the Musical Connections podcast. From Stern there here on New Found Releases that is Return to the Mountain. And we're going to wrap up New Found Releases this week with a release from Dodo Head. Now you're wondering like why would a band called himself that? Well it's a band name uh, that was uh, conceived by uh, Curtis Hicks, Griffin Simpson, and Michael Moist. Now Michael Moist may be familiar to your ears. He goes under the stage name Reggie Morales. Well we got a tune from them coming up right now to wrap up New Found Releases this week. Here are Dodo Head with a war in my name. six uh- Righty, we are now going to go to my conversation with Nancy Don and Timothy Steves, the collective known as Duo Concertante. We talked about their upbringings in the states and in Saskatchewan, how they first met, and their very first gig in 1997. And we're also going to talk about the Tuckamore Festival and their ECMA nomination for Classical Album of the Year. Now, once again, as I said at the top. Pay attention to this interview because I say composition a couple of times when it's album of the year. So apologies to the guys for that little mistake. Well, what's not a mistake is this interview and um, these guys were great to talk to. So right now we are next to connect with Nancy Dawn and Timothy Steves, duo concertante. Welcome back to the Musical Connections Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Snow, and my next guest, they're known for uh, their miracle of knowledge and poetry. They're outstanding musicians. They are known as champions of new Canadian chamber music and founders of the Tuckmore Festival. This duo has had many, many years of great albums, great shows, and uh, great awards to their name. They're also professors here at the School of Music at MUNN, and um, they're up for an East Coast Music Award this year. So joining me right now are uh, the members of Duo Concertante. First is Nancy Don. Hi- how you doing, Nancy? I'm
4: doing well. Thanks, Guy.
0: And uh, Timothy Steves. Timothy, how are you? It's great. Thanks very much. And thank you both for coming on the Musical Connections podcast. Um, congratulations again on your East Coast Music Award nomination. Thank, thank you. you. So, uh, first things first, uh, how are things in your world right now? Uh, Whoever wants to take that on first, I'll pose this to the both of you.
4: Sure. Um, Well, we've all, I think a lot of musicians have had a rough go for the last two years or three, almost three years now. Right. But things are really turning around for us. We've been really busy touring um, since, I'd say, last summer. And uh, yeah, we played across Canada through. september i'd say and now we're getting ready to go to germany to do a tour there oh wow So yeah yeah so things are kind of picking up in terms of the live performance world which is which is great
0: awesome now um you're up for classical recording of the year and that is for your uh record ecology of beam which you also have done throughout the schools here in newfoundland and labrador which we'll get to later on and you're also up in the same category as Andrew Stanley which I've interviewed uh, on Musical Connections in the past. So, um, how does it feel to be uh, up for an East Coast Musical board this year?
5: Oh, it's um, well, it's always really, really exciting um, to uh, be recognized that way. I mean, the level of talent, you know, in that category is is pretty phenomenal, and it's always been that way. Um, there's great musicians in atlantic canada great classical musicians great composers great musicians all genres i mean it's, uh, it's fabulous to live here and to work here and to work with other fine artists here so to be recognized that way is always really special
0: for sure now um both you guys uh are not originally from this province uh nancy uh you were born in in the states And uh, you can you can go deeper into uh, where you were born to, but you were raised in Nova Scotia. And Tim, you were uh, born in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Nancy, Nancy, I'm going to start with you first. Um, What was life uh, growing up like in uh, Nova Scotia, and what drew you to music?
4: Yeah, so so my parents moved from Long Island, New York, uh, to uh, to rural Nova Scotia, Loomberg area. When I was two, when I was two, yeah. And actually, uh, they moved to a beautiful piece of land, um, but the house had no running water and no bathroom. We had an outhouse until I was like six. Anyway, it was a big um, change for my older brothers and my parents because they came from, you know, a pretty uh, kind of civilized um, life in Long Island to this really rural area in Nova Scotia. But it was absolutely a beautiful place to grow up. Uh, My mom played the cello as an amateur, and so I guess that's how I got into music. In fact, when they were moving from Long Island, a friend of hers said, I have this old violin, I'm going to throw it away. And she said, no, I'm going to take, I was like a baby at that point, and she said, no, I'm going to take that for my daughter, and maybe she'll play it. Um, So, yeah, uh, there was always music in the house. CBC Radio was always on. Um, with lots of music playing and, um, I also played the piano, I sang, I played the drums and bands, you know, so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I started. I, I began playing violin in a group class with like 30 other violins, all sounding horrendous. Um, in Bridgewater, Nova Scotia when I was like 10 or so. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's pretty cool. Now, Tim, I'm going to go to you next. Uh, What was life growing up uh, in the prairies, and uh, what drew you to music?
5: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my parents were really into into classical music. They they both themselves uh, grew up in the United States, in um, uh, New England, and they came to Saskatchewan in the 50s because my dad got a position there at the university, and Saskatoon, you know, in the 60s and the 70s was a pretty hop in town when it came to music. We had a, well, we still do, but we had a great symphony orchestra. And it's it's interesting that uh, I think there's three of us in my kindergarten class who all became um, classical musicians. Uh, I remember going to the symphony from a very early age with my parents and uh, the city had some great teachers. Um. Yeah, it was just kind of like this little musical mecca right in the right in the midst of the prairies, and uh, and I think that that's just the way it was, and that's just what happened to a lot of us. We just went into music.
0: Absolutely. Now, um, I want to tell you. I want to go to now how you two uh, both met because you're a husband and wife, I believe. That's and, right. And. Um, Really you guys were both uh have parents that were born in the states but moved here to Canada and uh I guess it was fate that you two would meet so uh tell me tell me the story about how you two first met
4: Well I was actually on faculty uh here at MUN before Tim got his position oh, wow. and I was actually I was actually on his search committee um when he applied for the job and uh he had been studying and living living in Germany, um, and came here and played a played a little recital as part of his interview process. And I was really taken by his playing. I remember just thinking he's just such a beautiful musician. Um, but then, yeah, he he got the job and moved here. And then I asked him if he would consider doing a recital together, and uh, we decided. To play the Beethoven Credo Sonata on that very first one, which is like one of the biggest pieces for violin and piano.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: It's probably the sort of pinnacle piece, as it were. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we we definitely uh, had a musical chemistry right from the beginning, I think, and and then the you know. Romantic stuff happened after, like, late, developed later on. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, usually when you have couples that are playing together, they're they're romantically involved first, and then just sort of start playing together. But it was the other way around for us.
0: Oh wow, that's awesome! Now, um, of course, uh, you guys settled on the name Duo Concertante. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you settled with that name.
5: Um, well, you know, when you when you first uh, begin playing together and uh, we were actually pretty busy at the beginning and we were very excited and we thought this was going to be a fabulous name, Duo Concertante. And it is a great name. It, it's actually an inscription that Beethoven wrote on one of his um, sonatas, the Kreutzer Sonata that Nancy was talking about. Okay. And, all it mean, and all it means is that two instruments playing is equal. The problem is that I mean, you're saying it beautifully, but a lot of people don't know how to say it. So,
4: <laughs> And every time I have to spell it, I forget how yeah. to spell so it. May not,
5: it may not have been the best choice. I mean, it perfectly describes what we are and who we are and what we do as a, as a duo. Um, but, you know, when you're trying to build a career and you're trying to, to market yourself to all sorts of different um, people, uh, all sorts of different musicians and artists and uh, presenters or what have you. Um, we found sometimes that we'd run into a bit of trouble and then when we finally got around to thinking, well, maybe we should change our name. It was too late because our agent was saying, no, you can't change it now because everybody knows who you are. So it would be, uh, it would be a bit of a mess if you tried to call yourself the artist formerly known as Duo Country Country.
0: <laughs> Yeah, you've going all Prince on us. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly.
5: So we stuck with it. But like I said, we probably should have. We probably should have chosen something else. But
4: it should have just been Tim and Nancy.
5: Yeah, people just call us now Tim and Nancy, so maybe that's what we should have done. But except back then, we really would not have known who we were. <laughs> yeah, that's a lesson. That's a lesson for all of you anybody thinking about becoming a chamber group is to pick a really good name that that's easily spelled easily said you know problem with duo concertante is it's french and it's also italian and so people are wondering do i do i say it this way do i say it that way and then there's some people who just can't say it at all so anyway <laughs>
0: <that's> <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> and uh duo concertante i got that right the first time didn't i
5: oh yeah you're dead Perfect. on
0: but I do get why, uh, you know, people would struggle with, uh, you know, pronouncing Duo Concertante. But uh, it's a a great name and it really helps you stand out from, you know, many of the other chamber groups here in Canada. Now, um, your first ever concert was in 1997 and uh, just a year after I was (laughs) born, actually. (laughs) So you uh, started, you've been together uh, playing music uh, as Duo Concertante as long as I've been alive.
4: <laughs> wow, yeah. that's depressing. No. <laughs> yeah. Nineteen
0: ninety-seven is when your first concert was. Uh, tell me a little oh. bit about that first concert, where it was too, and uh, what you remember most about it.
5: It was. Um, it was in an art gallery. Nancy's going to have to help me because I don't remember. It was what in
0: the
4: Saint Mary's Art Gallery yeah, in Halifax. Oh wow! And yeah, and we played a Mozart Sonata, a Beethoven Sonata, and the Beethoven there. But
5: the thing about that concert, and I think afterwards why we decided to keep playing together is we got this review, um, in the Halifax, what was it? Herald. Yeah. Yeah. Review, yeah Halifax. Sorry. And it was, uh, two packages of musical dynamite that would credit any stage on the planet. So I remember that really, really well. And that was kind of the notion that, well, perhaps we do have something, you know, that, that, uh, that we could use to, uh, to market ourselves because, uh, yeah, it was a pretty strong. It was a pretty strong, glowing review of our playing. We were kind of shocked at the time.
0: <laughs> I'd imagine so. Now, um, of course, uh, you've uh, your your name, Duo Concertante, comes from that Kreutzer Sonata from Beethoven. And of yep. course, uh, you've covered uh, Beethoven's work uh, yep. uh, throughout the years. And um, so, uh, let me know, uh, tell me a bit more about some of your influences that really uh, you know make up your sound.
4: Wow that's a really interesting question um yeah i mean i mean i think we're inspired by sort of our some of our teachers in the past some of our you know favorites i mean i yeah this is this is kind of getting into the weeds but i mean i (laughs) and you're not going to know anyone i'm talking about but if people are curious to look this up i mean a violinist that i've always loved who. His name's Joseph Fighetti, long gone, but um, he had a really uh, incredibly personal sound that, that sounded like a voice. I don't know how to explain it, but it didn't really sound like a violin or it could change all the time. So it just had a huge range in terms of color, his sound. Um, so he was a really inspiring uh, person for me. Um, what about you, Tim?
5: Um well, I, had a, I studied in Germany for a good long time, and I had a, a teacher there who um, had recorded a lot of the Beethoven violin and piano sonatas and things like that. So he was a huge influence on me, even though I wasn't studying that repertoire with him. I was studying mostly social, uh, solo repertoire, but still he, he talked a lot about working with violinists and, um, the t- and the music that they played and the repertoire and Beethoven. And, and uh, yeah, that had a huge influence
4: on it. One more thing I'll add here about uh, this beginning person. Um, you know, during this time, which would be like in the 30s, 40s, 1930s and 40s, when he was, you know, really active as a player, most of the violinists at that time would be playing... Um, conscious that we're a lot of sort of light fluff, sort of show pieces, um, they wouldn't really be doing sonatas at all. They would just be performing pieces that were kind of vehicles for showing off, if that makes sense. Anyway, Spaghetti, Spaghetti wasn't like that at all, and he actually uh, commissioned many of the fantastic works of you know, the 40s, 50s, and championed tons of new music by Prokofiev, by, by Bartok, um, and so, not only was his sound kind of inspiring to me, but also just the way he was active in um, furthering the genre of music. You know, by by really bringing about fantastic new work.
0: That's wonderful. Now, um, of course, uh, you've you've done albums uh, throughout the years. You had twelve uh, re- recordings uh, on labels like Atma, Center Disc, and Marquee. And uh, you've covered work of uh, work, Schubert's work, of course, Beethoven. But your album, uh, Wild Bird, which includes Murray Schaefer's duo for violin and piano, got you a Juno Award for Classical Composition of the Year. Now, uh, when it comes to Newfoundland and Labrador, you know, getting the Junos. uh, Newfoundland and Labrador musicians, I should say, getting Junos.
6: Mm. uh, It's
0: pretty tough, you know, knowing all the competition that's across Canada. But to receive a Juno that year, uh, what was that like for you guys? Well,
4: that was just a huge shock. I mean... Yeah, I mean, usually those Junos for Classical Composition of the Year go to large, like big groups, you know, playing huge pieces and Murray Schaefer wrote us a fantastic piece and a long, you know, it, it's over 20 minutes. It's a big piece. It's You know, working with him was a huge thrill. Um, and it was great that it was nominated, but I don't know, we just, it didn't even occur to us that we had a hope, in fact, and and we weren't even tuning into the show or anything like that. We were just sort of sitting calmly in our living room and our, you know, we just suddenly start getting all these phone calls or something, right? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was
5: text. It was, our, our phones were just buzzing like nobody we, yeah. we didn't know what was
0: going on.
4: Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, we figured it was just such a long shot, but anyway, so that was, yeah, that was super exciting.
0: <laughs> for sure. And um, as I said before, um, of course, uh, the day we we're recording this, uh, a couple of days before, uh, seven of our nominees from this province are heading up to Edmonton to uh, represent us at the Junos. Um, getting a Juno, uh, to, getting some hardware from the Juno Awards from this province is easier said than done. But the fact that mm-hmm. you guys have uh, received the Juno Award, that's a very, very huge deal.
4: Thank you. Yeah, we're pretty proud yeah, of it.
0: Absolutely. Now, um, one thing that you've come really known for here in, in the province, you guys are the founders and artistic directors of the Tuckamore Festival. It is an internationally acclaimed chamber festival held for two weeks here uh, in August. And you've met that for uh, 22 years with the 23rd happening this year. I mean, of course, uh, I see the, l- the last few years were kind of like a hybrid of a virtual or in-person due to COVID-19. But um, tell me a little bit more about uh, how you guys came up with the idea of the Tuckamore Festival. Um
5: well what, what we really wanted to do the Tecumvar festival there's there's two aspects of it we we host uh you know world class musicians they come to St Johns they play these fabulous concerts and we have a loyal following of audience members and uh that part is always really exciting and lots of fun but there's also the educational aspect to it and uh the way that works is um uh we take Twenty to twenty-three young uh, pianists and string players, and we put them into groups—about five or six groups—and uh, they come to Newfoundland in the summer. They work with us. They work with the guest artists. They play concerts. And um, so, even though you know the guest artists are—it's exciting. It was this. It was working with the young people that I think that was our first inspiration for the festival. We wanted to find a way to uh, attract. Uh, young, upcoming musicians to the to the province, um, and and to work with them, and you know to um, to uh, yeah, just to show them how great uh, this part of part of Canada is. Um, introduce them to St. John's, the city, and all of the wonderful things that uh, go on here in the summer. We've had just fabulous. Um, uh, community support for the festival over the year. Um, it, our volunteers and audience members—they've just been so loyal and really wonderful. And that's really what got us through COVID—is just the fact that even though things were tough, that uh, they never stopped supporting us and uh, and being so encouraging.
4: Yeah, the Young Artist Program—I'll just add—is um, <clears throat> is pretty selective. We only take twenty. Uh, 20- yeah, as Tim said, twenty, and and this, you know, over the past few years, it's become quite competitive to get into, because it's such a unique program. So they get, you know, they get really, um, they get really individualized sort of attention and professional treatment, professional level treatment when they come here, which is um, really unique. I mean, there's not really a festival that that does the same thing we do for our young artists so yeah we're pretty proud of how that's how that's developed over the years
0: yeah absolutely now um, both you guys are uh teachers in the uh the school of music now with both you guys being professors um what do you enjoy most about uh teaching
4: um wow teaching is teaching is all part of kind of our existence i mean it's not sort of a separate thing you know, practicing, performing, teaching—it's all about growing um, as musicians and as humans. Um, and we learn a lot from our students. We learn so much from the process of trying to help them, um, and they often help us too. Um, so it all sort of feeds into each other. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's many days when I'm walking home from from Mun where I think I am just incredibly lucky to 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 be uh, to be working with some of my students they're just a joy
5: yeah that's true it's interesting you know um, um, there they go just like Nancy says it goes hand in hand with your own performing and teaching um, because when you when you when you give ideas to a student you can see how they process them how ideas work how they work with them how ideas develop and then you can use that knowledge from from watching another person um, process this type of information, you can you can use it yourself and and uh, take what you've learned from the student, you know, to your own playing and your own performing. So, in the end, you you kind of wonder, you know, who's actually teaching and who's actually learning, because there's such a huge learning component to teaching, which uh, is really really interesting. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, that's, it's that's it. It's really enjoy, enjoyable and, um, and inspiring to watch some of these young kids grow and develop.
0: For sure. And uh, speaking of uh, young kids, uh, you've established programs for these students across the province. Um, of course, uh, What Life Throws at You and Ecology of Being, the latter, which you've uh, turned into uh, an album, which is up for an East Coast Musical Award for Classical uh, Composition of the Year. Uh, tell me a little bit more about these uh, various programs that you got for uh, students uh, across the province.
4: Yeah, so we developed uh, a couple kids' shows, school programs, um, What Life Throws at You. Um, maybe, Tim, do you want to talk about that one?
5: Um, yeah, What Life Throws at You. That- so we looked at um, a lot of issues, mental health issues, um, maybe uh such marginalization. marginalization, some some of the issues that maybe young people in schools were were facing. Um and we looked at composers' lives, um, and musicians, not just uh, not just composers, but musicians who faced similar challenges. Um, you know, someone like Beethoven who was deaf. Um, I don't know, you know, someone like the Canadian pianist Glenn Gould who suffered from, you know, uh Anxiety. Um, who else did Robert Schumann, who suffered from schizophrenia and went insane, and uh, we we went into the schools and we we talked to the students about about these um, about these musicians, these great artists, and just you know showed them and explained to them how, despite these incredible hurdles that that they faced, they they still managed to succeed. It's it, perhaps they weren't you know they.
4: Well, it wasn't even just that they managed to succeed, but it's okay. perhaps even that these challenges they faced made, made them actually even more potent as artists, if that makes sense. So, you know, someone like Robert Schumann, who really was manic, depressive, you know, his mania stage is in, in so much of his music and what makes it sort of extraordinarily powerful. Um,
5: yeah, and someone like Glenn Gould, who was just so uncomfortable around people, mm-hmm. um, and yet he could sit down and play, and then, you know, he, he he just brought people to tears. I mean, that's the way he communicated, you know. Um, huge following. Even to this day, people talk about Gould's playing, you know, and how powerful it was.
4: And he's been gone for a long time. Um, yeah, so... And then, yeah, we I remember... I'm talking about J.S. Bach, who was orphaned when he was uh, by the age of ten, and raised by you know loving older brothers, but still he lost his parents at that age, um, and how you know music, music through his brother is what sort of turned his life around, I think. Um, but then you know young the kids are pretty captivated by the, these stories, and I just remember so well this eight-year-old raising her hand and you know just sort of sharing that. The father had died, you know, just at that moment, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. you can, you can really feel them think, sort of thinking about all these things and, and, you know, feeling like there's a safe space to, to share and think and contemplate and mm-hmm. exist.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, um, <laughs> of course, uh, you know, being teaching as long as you guys had. You've uh, both received the John Lewis Patton Distinguished Professorship in twenty twenty one. Um what was that like for the both of you? Uh because both of you guys were receiving to this award.
5: Yeah, so we actually share the professorship, um which is great because we share a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> but usually it's given to one person, but they gave it to the both of us, which is really really nice. It's a huge it's a huge honor. <laughs> Yeah, it's a huge honor to get something like that from Munn. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, we were just floored. We were thrilled when when we received it, and uh, it's just so fabulous to be recognized that way by Memorial University, which is
4: it's an award that recognizes um, research, for which in our case is performing, teaching, mm-hmm. and then as well as community, community service engagement. Yeah. So to be recognized for those three areas and that's you know what we've kind of focused on our whole career that was very meaningful
0: that's wonderful now um coming up uh of course uh in may there's the east coast music awards but uh uh over the next year or so you're going to be working on a 60 minute dramatical music piece by playwright uh robert chafe of course uh he's with uh artistic fraud and composer Randolph Peters, which addresses issues relating to ocean change and stability. You're also going to be working on a new sonata written for the duo by German composer Stefan Hook and a 40 minute multimedia piece by composer Alice Ho and animator Duncan major inspired by Tom Dawes, Newfoundland ghost stories. Um, Just aside from that, what else do you have uh, in store for the next year or so? Well, that's kind of it for the next little while we are. Yeah.
4: Yeah, we're so excited about all of those, all of those things. The Stefan Hoyko piece. Yeah, we were playing it for him, you know, in Germany and premiering it there in a month or a month and a half, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we start workshopping the piece with Robert and Louise Moyes is actually in it as well. And uh, Robert's acting in it and as well as having written it and Randolph, will all be coming together. We'll all be together at the end of May to workshop that and then that will premiere it at, at Tuckamore. And also tour across the province and at the arts the arts and culture centers.
5: And the ghost stories—that'll um, be that'll be really cool because we're going to be doing that at the arts and culture center in Saint John's um, for the first time. And and uh, we we'll, we'll, we're asking the audience will actually sit on stage with us.
6: Oh wow! Um,
5: yeah, and there'll be projections. Sort of, we'll be in the center, and the audience will be around us and um the ghost story projections duncan's projections will be shown sort of on three sides surrounding surrounding us and surrounding the audience members so it'll be like this wonderful
4: um multimedia.
5: multimedia i don't it's never been done before really so um yeah we're 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 really excited about that um and um alice's music is slow. well no actually she's gotten us all the pieces and uh Mm-hmm. yeah that, that's going to be uh
0: uh-huh.
5: that's going to be fabulous so we're we're thrilled about that one yeah
0: i i can only imagine that is going to be a wonderful uh thing for you guys uh coming up uh, in the next few months or so now um for people want to find out more about what you guys have uh, up next uh where can they go
5: well just go to the website duo country tante.com and we have a whole um just concerts page. You can click on it and see where we where we are going to be, where we've been. You can buy tickets and, and see all of our albums. And uh, it's Nancy's, Nancy's niece who runs our website, if anybody wants to know. She does a fabulous job. And uh, we're really proud of our site. And, uh, yeah, by all means, please visit us there. And you can learn uh, and see all the places that we're, that we're going to be.
0: Wonderful. Well, Timothy Steve's Nancy Don of uh, Duo Concertante, it's been a pleasure to chat with you guys and get to know a bit more about you and uh, learn about all the great things you've done in the music industry and what you continue to do. Best of luck with the upcoming Tuckmore Festival in August and and everything else you got in store over the next uh, couple of months. And congratulations once again on your East Coast Music Award nomination for Classical Composition of the Year. Thank you so much for joining me on the Musical Connections podcast. You have a wonderful day and uh, thanks again thank you what a great conversation there with Nancy Don and Timothy Steves they are known as duo concertante and right now let's get to a track from their ecology of being album here's a tune called the waters the women right here on the musical connections podcast <laughs>
5: in which go aska antite de wak wainu ne unkwa nigu
0: Alrighty, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Musical Connections podcast. Big thank you to Duo Concertante, Nancy, and Timothy for joining me on the program this week. And if you want to be a guest on the podcast or you have any new music to send me for newfound releases, make sure to include the WAV file, a little biography about yourself, and some production credits. I like to give the the songwriters and the composers a little bit of love there because it's really their art that I'm showcasing. And the email for all of that is musicalconnectionsnl at gmail.com. And new Musical Connections episodes drop every Tuesday at 12 noon, Newfoundland Standard Time. And the deadline for newfound releases is Sunday at 12 noon, so that's about 48 hours before the podcast drops that week. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify, and leave a comment while you're there as well, because it helps out the show a lot. Thank you so much for connecting this week. I've been your host, Zach Snow. Stay safe and please be kind to one another. And until next time, safe home.